Welcome to episode 43 of the Animal Addicts Podcast, the final episode of season one. Next week, we kick off season two back in South America. But for now, we have our final animals in our wild card month. And let me just say, this episode is very much a Casey episode. You'll see what I mean by that soon enough. But let's not waste any time. And let's jump into episode 43 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. episode 43 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Sally. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new queue of animals. A queue? Like a line, like the British line. Like you queue up for something, so there's a line of them we're going to go through. I know like there's a queue where it's like you're interning something into a program and then there's a queue for things to be input. That would be like a theater queue, yeah. Like yeah. my queue, go, go on stage. Yeah. Two different queues. Okay. This is queue like a line. Queue a line. Like like the Brits, they would say the the queue like, forms here. Like you're waiting in line to go on a ride at Disneyland, that kind of a line. Okay, what's wrong with the Brits? That's what they. <laughs> Why? Queue up, yeah. You're lining up. Never this is heard very that. clear. We have people who listen over in the UK area, so you know what? I know, and I will still continue to talk shit on the British. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> I thought you liked them more than us. Yes, but, okay, it's like, <laughs> Europe, they do things better, but if, like, the Brits come and start trash-talking Americans, we throw it back. Oh, is this like the sibling yes. situation? <laughs> <laughs> Me and my sister, we will prop up all of Europe, but as soon as the Brits get involved, it's like, no, you sit down. <laughs> you made us. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway... A cue uh, okay. is like a line, okay. and that should not be a dividing factor, but anyway, we have a line of interesting animals today, folks. I don't know, this is a very Casey episode, but anyway. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Casey, what have you been up to since last time I saw you? Recently, I went to the San Diego Natural History Museum with my mom and my sister. And I am jealous, and yes. how was it? It was good, but I kept losing my... <laughs> My mom and my sister, because there's me reading, like, the placards and stuff, and they're like, where'd they go? (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, I'm going to have to go again so I can actually read everything, and I like going to the museum. I like looking at all the stuff. Are you ever free on Tuesday? Tuesday after I graduate. Yeah, because you do the, um, you know about that program. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can't remember if they were still doing it with COVID or anything. I feel like now things are opening up, they probably will. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. it's a free Tuesday. You just have to see which Tuesday. Yeah. I think that one's, I think they're like the second. Of yeah, it's the second Tuesday of each month. And one, me and my sister are planning on taking like graduation photos and our gowns and stuff in Balboa Park. Park. And I was like yeah. saying, we can go to the museum afterwards. And they were like, we already went. And it's like, we can go again. Like, I didn't get to read it. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, they had a bunch of cool beetles. And there's this one area. It's cool. They have their little displays of different native bee species. And then they have these pictures taken with macro lenses okay. of bees up close. And it's so cool. You can see, like, the compound eyes. And you see the little celly on top of their heads. Wow. Yes. And they have a bunch of specimens and fossils. But, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> they also have um, a whale fetus on display. And if you look, you can actually see the tooth buds um, in its mouth. It's a humpback whale, 
And those form during development, but then they're lost because they're baleen whales, and that gets replaced with baleen That's during so development. So weird. Yes, because they're a fetus. Did the mom die? Probably. And they just cut her open. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, and they have a bunch of beetles, other insects, lots of invertebrates. They have birds, stuff. They have a it was called an area called the living lab. That you have to wait to go in there because it's limited space. That makes sense. And, um, is that one the ones you pay extra for? Or is no, that, that, comes, that, that comes with admission, and you go in there. They have a bunch of um, insects, some arachnids, reptiles and stuff, all their live things, basically. Yeah. Then there's a skulls area, which I didn't – I had we had to kind of go through it kind of quickly because that same day we also had to go pick up my brother from work. Okay. Um, so we had to leave by a certain time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I don't think they have that anymore, but I remember when I was little and we had a Girl Scout night where you mm-hmm. slept in the Natural History Museum and they pitched it to our troop as, you have the only room with carpet. Our room was also the room with the live snakes and everything. <laughs> so most of the girls in my troop were pretty mm-hmm. chill, but we had some girly girls, but it was because uh, yeah. you'd hear them like hitting against the glass mm-hmm. in the night and then on the ceiling, which is fine if you're standing there, but when you're laying up looking at it, it's all pictures of snakes and spiders oh, and yeah. stuff. And I'm like... This is yeah. There was one area I did not really pay much attention to at all. That's like the minerals and rocks area. Yeah. It's like I used to collect like rocks and petals and then I had a tumbler to make them all shiny and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like actually learning about rocks and it's like I don't have much interest. Which is kind of funny because my second career option was uh, goal was possibly paleontology. Yeah. But that's more with like the life. I don't care about the rocks, but you have to learn about geology yeah. because paleontology is a subset of geology and that kind of thing. I feel like that's like an in-between of biology mm-hmm. and, and geology. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's well, a lot of fun. I want to go back down there again. It's been a while. Yep. So that'd be fun. Um, well, that's the San Diego Natural History Museum and keeping it in America. There's my segue. <laughs> I watched another one of, I had a whole 45 minutes to spare, so one day when I was eating lunch at home, I was like, I'll watch one more of those National Park things, because I'm going to get through them, folks. I'm, I do this work for you. Okay, we're going to get through the Disney ones, too. There was one that popped up that a friend warned me is really bad, and I have to go verify which one it was. I almost watched it, and I was like, what if this is the one he told me he had to stop watching? <laughs> Anyway, we'll get there. But the National mm-hmm. Parks, so we already talked about a few. I'll recap in a bit. But this one was the Great Smoky Mountains, which is over in... I realize why they didn't say where Olympic was, hmm. because it's in an intro, and they don't tell you. They just show you on a map. So this looks like it's like in the Tennessee-ish area uh-huh. for Great Smoky Mountains. And it's called that because there's a lot of like water vapor, and they get like fog, essentially. Mm. Anyway, so it's like smoke without a fire. This is weird. Okay. And this one also, they focus on plants a lot more, which they did not do in the other ones. They focus on animals, too. And they did actually follow a family this time. Oh, yeah? Kind of, for the most part. So. There's um, some cool plants. I like carnivorous plants. Of course you do. Um, Mm. So, apparently, the Great Smoky Mountains, folks, is the salamander capital of the world. Really? You know that. They had a shit ton of salamanders over there. I remember. I want One totally reminded me of the um, Chinese giant. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, the hellbender. Yeah, the hellbender. That's what yeah, like that's our largest um, salamander yeah. in the United it States. reminded me of that. So, mm-hmm. anyways, there was that, and then um, there's a bunch of them, and the bears eat them sometimes, and, mm-hmm. like, the bears know which ones to avoid. And they were like, somehow, literally the narrator's like, somehow the bears know which ones not to eat. And I'm like, <laughs> probably the ones that are brightly fucking colored, I imagine. <laughs> 
Um, some of them were. Oh yeah, that's right. Bears do. Bears do have um, color vision. Because anyway, because some of the salamanders were really like bright and beautiful, and then mm-hmm. some of them were drab like the, the hellbender. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but um, yeah, so it's the that um, the the salamander capital of the world, and I'm going to classify this one as safe. Um, the only thing that happened. I'm not sure what they were doing with it, but there was one point where there's the mom bear with her three cubs and they're mm-hmm. up in the tree eating the berries and stuff. <laughs> bears eating berries. Anyway. Um, well, they said fruits, but they were clearly berries. And like this adolescent male cub came in. Well, not cub, but now. Were these grizzlies or brown black, black bears. bears? Okay. And he came up the tree too and they were like, they don't really hang out, but sometimes if there's plentiful resources, mm-hmm. they will tolerate another, you know, bear. And it's like, so the question is, will she tolerate him? And then he's like out on this thin branch and mom comes down, significantly bigger than this guy. <sighs> and then they said, I guess not, or something like that. And then they just show a branch falling to the ground. I'm like, are you insinuating that he fell to his <laughs> They don't show it. So there's one part where maybe that bear fell. Mm. I don't know how high up he was. So he could have died or horribly injured himself. Or maybe it was literally just a branch. But mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like you're insinuating this bear just died. But they show nothing. So I'm giving it safe. Right. We don't know the, the, the results of that altercation, but who knows? Anyway, um, but since it is the last episode of season one, this is our final episode of season one, dude. Yes, the season finale. Season two starts next month back with South America, and we don't even know what we're doing yet. <laughs> I have an idea. Oh, we'll wait, no, then. that's Central America, I think. I have an idea for we'll one. Know, we'll, we'll know by ne- next week, obviously. But anyway, I wanted to wrap up. The rating system, I will always give you this. Um, for the Disney ones, I've made two separate categories because they're very different. Um, mm-hmm. Also in this, all the bears make it as far as we follow them. Uh, except for maybe that adolescent bear. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. But the ones you're following, they all make it. Um, so to wrap up for the Disney ones, these are the more harsh ones where they're very much following a family. In the not safe category, the NS, as if you will, African cats born in China and crimson wing. I just have to say something. Yeah. Every time I see crimson ring, for some reason, I think butterflies. But I know it's flamingos. It's flamingos. (laughs) (laughs) There's some butterflies that have crimson color wings, right? Anyway, in the mostly safe category, we have monkey kingdom, penguins, don't you dare, (laughs) and elephants. And in the safe, this is the one you can watch and not be sad, bears, dolphin reef, and wings of life. There's your butterflies. Lepidopterans. When it comes to National Geographic, American National Parks, at least. Because <laughs> I've not ventured out from that yet. Not safe, Olympic. Guess why? Fucking orcas. Transient orcas, <laughs> mostly because of them. Um, most, Circle of life. No, <laughs> mostly safe um, is the Grand Canyon in Yosemite. Yosemite, of course, is where you get that yip fest. Um, and then safe. Yosemite's great. Great Smoky Mountains. So that is the wrap-up for the season. I will continue to do this work for you folks. Eventually I'll get through all the parks, and I'll get through all the Disney things. Maybe. I have to see which one he said he had to stop watching, because I'm not even touching that. But yeah, so that's... I'll watch it. There you go. You can watch it, but your rating would be different. You'd be like, it's safe. It's nature. And everything. That's my rating for everything and for nature. Oh, also, remind me. Remember how I said last time... Maybe not last time, but like a couple times ago that after my surgery, I didn't want to watch things that would make me cry because I didn't upset yeah. shit. So it had been a couple weeks, and I was like, okay, I have This Is Us 
piling up. So I started watching This Is Us. I've never watched that in my life, but my parents watch it all the time. It's really good in about every other episode you cry. Hmm. So on average. And I cried. And blood. Oh, gosh. So I was like, yep, this is why I didn't want to cry. <laughs> I think at this point in my recovery, I can do that again now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was smart. This is why I didn't watch this. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like cascading. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't had that in a while. Yeah, don't want that happening. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I was I was smart to not watch things that might make me cry before. Anyway, but that brings us into what Casey wants to talk about. Yes, it's one of my favorite topics. Oh, I know. You've talked about it like three times already. It's very complicated, but go ahead. Yes. So, now, a long time ago, mm-hmm. even though it's not that long time ago, it was this month. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yes. Um, I, w- I was talking about how I learned about sequence alignment. And I've recently learned about multiple sequence lines, but I'm not going to dare try to explain that okay. in lay terms on here because it gets much more complicated. Yes. And Allie asked me how it is used, and I referenced about how we use it in phylogenies. And I have determined that I didn't do it justice for the importance of phylogenies, so I will try to do it better now. Okay. All right. So basically, phylogenies, you use data, which can be either morphological, which is how animals look, different okay. features, skeleton, appendages, all that stuff, or genetics. I prefer genetics um, and do that kind of analysis to determine how things are related and other things so as the such. the morphological one also include like if they give birth to live or if they're opoviviparous and that kind of stuff? That's more like them? life history traits. Morphological features would be like, um, say they have stocked antenna or the kind of shape antenna, that's not really used because that has a lot of convergence. But the type of wings, like um, lepidopterans, moths, and butterflies, they all have scaly wings. Okay. And then there's the diptera, which are flies. They all have one pair of wings and then their little ball and stick vestigial wings, which are actually important because they act as counterbalance. Okay. Anyway, continue. Yes. So one of the things that phylogenies can be used for that I didn't touch on is researching disease. Okay. Yes, because genetic analysis has been used to compare the genome of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes Mm COVID-19, to genomes of other coronaviruses from other species. Okay. And through these analyses, we have found that there are large sequences with similar to coronaviruses in pangolins. Oh, no. Yes. And there are also some, but not as many, uh, as similar sequences in bats, which leads scientists to hypothesize that the virus originated in bats, Mm -hmm. then the pangolins were the intermediate hosts before it got transferred to people. Oh. Yes. So we can use phylogenies to research origin of disease and stuff like that. So if you weren't poaching pangolins... We'd be fine. Yes. And this kind of information can be used to dictate government policies regarding wildlife and such. Mm -hmm. And in the words of my professors, we probably shouldn't be eating pangolins. No, probably not. Yep. Yep. And another thing phylogenies can be useful for is discovering new species. Okay. Yes. This is particularly true when it comes to what are called cryptic species. Where they look the same, right? Yes. But they're different. Correct. Okay, cool. Yes. A recent example is the Tapanuli orangutan. Okay. Yes, back in 2017, phylogenetic studies found that a population of orangutan in the Batang Toru area of South Tapanuli was a new species because it's using genetic sequences. Okay. 
This was particularly important because as this discovery mean that there was now a third species of orangutan, which is now also the most endangered great ape on the planet. This specific orangutan? Yes. Or, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. It was discovered uh, back in 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. This can also be particularly important for discovering new species of insects, as many are cryptic species, okay. and you can't tell the difference by just simply looking at them. Hard to tell when they're little. <laughs> yes. And can also help recognize two originally separate species as one, because some animals will vary morphologically from season to season. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they will also, phylogenies help us challenge our understanding of animals. I found out about this just this year. Okay. But analysis of a group of single-celled organisms called myxozoa mm-hmm. revealed that they're not protists, which are basically single-celled eukaryotes, but that it actually belongs to the phylum Cnidaria. Which is somebody else. Which I don't is remember. a group of jellies, box jellies, ah, hydras, and corals. Right. Okay. So now we have a single-celled animal, which goes against the definition of animals because animals, by definition, are multicellular. That's so weird. Yes, so it reverted back to a single-celled lifestyle. That's so weird. Why? Yes. Oh, we don't know exactly nice. what yet, but there's this assumption that evolution always works towards complexity, which is not necessarily true because this is an example where a multicellular organism went back to a single-celled lifestyle. Yeah. And this has happened multiple times with algae as well. Oh, okay. So we make assumptions in evolution, everything works towards complexity. But then there's the problem was like, there can be limits on what evolution can do, and then therefore it creates the illusion that it's just working towards complexity. When in some cases, it may be they aren't physically capable of reverting back. Oh, okay. Yes. And... Further going into understanding evolution, it was once thought that there's this, in the evolution of life with regards to jellies, that a group called Placozoans, which are a primitive organism that basically looks like a clear pancake. They're very tiny. Okay. <laughs> They're one of the simplest animals on Earth. Okay. Yes. So they were so- they live? What do they do? They live in the ocean. Okay. They're, they eat feed on algae. For a long time, they thought it was only one species, but now analyses are showing that there's actually multiple species. Okay. But it was thought for a long time that this species, these organisms may be eventually, because they only have two tissues layers like jellyfish, that eventually they became just more convex and then represent the ancestor of jellyfish. Jellyfish. Okay. But phylogenetic analyses have shown that it is actually a more derived organism than jellyfish. Oh. Which means that is actually more evolutionary advanced than a jellyfish and evolved after them. That's so weird. Yes, so it's another example of animal reverting back to a simpler lifestyle. Okay. Yes. And sponges are actually the simplest animals on it because they're just cells. They have no (laughs) tissues at all and thought to represent the most basal animal on Earth um, in terms of evolution. And there's some analyses that shows that Tenoforms or comb jellies are actually the most basal organism. Okay. Which would mean there is controversy over it, and not everyone agrees, but that could mean either two things either sponges originated from an animal made of complex tissues that reverted back to being just made up of cells. Okay. Or that tissue, complex tissues evolved twice. 
Why would it be complex tissues evolving twice? Because that means that there was a simple cellular organism that was just massive cells. Okay. They diverged. One becomes the comb jellies with okay. tissues. And then you would have the other descendant would be the simple organism that has just cells. And then it would have to branch off again because sponges went in that direction. That's so weird. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that one's a bit more controversial. Not everyone agrees on that. And this is one thing that's really cool is the reconstruction of ancestral sequences because okay. of what they did in this one study. And I find it, it look, sounds like science fictions, but in short, there are things called pseudogenes in our genome, okay. which are sequences that used to be genes, but they acquired mutations over time and Ooh. are no longer functional. Okay. One of those is UOX, which is in other mammals is a gene that codes for a protein called uricase. It's a protein that breaks down uric acid, which is a byproduct from metabolism, basically. Okay. And apes don't have functional uricases, and as a consequence, we have high uric acid in our bodies, which can lead to things like gout. Whereas okay. other animals don't have this problem. Okay. It's like, why did this happen? And it turns out what they did is they did an ancestral reconstruction, so they did comparisons between different species uricases gene and then reconstructed what the ancestral protein would have been like. Okay. And then they actually resurrected that protein. We don't need to do that. <laughs> and then they injected it into human cells. Ah. It's obviously tissue. It's yes. not actual people. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that when you have these uricase proteins, they can't convert fructose into fat as well. Oh. And fructose is especially prevalent in fruits, yeah. which is what our ancestors ate. So it's thought that we evolved away these functional uricases mm. so we can better harvest fat from eating fructose gotcha. so we can survive tough times without food. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. And then one of the big arching themes of, of phylogenies is relationships between organisms. For example, we've talked about box jellies and true jellies. Here's a little fun fact. Humans are more closely related to mice then box jellies are to true jellies. That's so weird. Yes. And there's where I'm going to show Allie two animals. Okay. One of them is a tenorek. Oh, it looks like a little hedgehog. Yes. And then this. Why is that color so cute? Yes. And this is a European hedgehog. Yeah. Okay. Now they you look know what. super close together. They're not closely related at they all. They look like. They look very close. Yes. So the tenorek belongs to a group of clade called Afrotheria. These okay. are animals that originated from Africa. Okay. While hedgehogs are in Laurasia theory, originating the ancient supercontinent Laurasia. Okay. And so Tenorex are actually more closely related to elephants, aardvarks, and elephant shrews than they are to European hedgehogs. And hedgehogs are more closely related to rhinos, carnivorans, and pangolins. That's so weird. Tenorex. Yes. It's so cool. It's so weird. It's so cool. It's so random. Yes. And another example is we used to think that whales were related to this ancient group called mesonychids, which are basically hoofed wolf-like animals. They're long extinct. But then looking at fossils and genetic evidence, we now know their closest relatives are hippos. So weird. Yes. And a very recent study published this year looked at direwolves. They were actually able to sequence ancient DNA from direwolves. Okay. And they compared these with modern gray wolves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and they found out that dire wolves and gray wolves are not closely related at all. Totally different species. Yes. Like, every, I mean, obviously different species. Even though totally if you different. look at them... They look the same. Yes. Well, bigger. <laughs> yeah, dire wolves are a bit bigger and have stronger jaws, mm-hmm. um, but evidence shows that they diverged 5.7 million years ago. So what were they closely related to then? More closely related to? They're extinct canids. Okay. Because gray wolves are actually more closely related to African wild dogs, doles, and jackals. Mm-hmm. So this is another example of convergent evolution. And dire wolves used to be classified under the genus Canis with wolves. Mm-hmm. And now they're reclassified under the genus Enoscyon. What else is in there? I think it's just gray wolves right now. Oh, okay. But yeah. Interesting. So those are just some of the things, phylogenies. Crazy, look into dude. it's so cool it's so crazy yes because science and nature is crazy it is don't yawn it's exciting I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah science and nature is crazy you know what else is crazy Casey? Me? texas laws about oh exotic animals <laughs> it was not florida it was texas uh. Good thing I didn't bet on it. So if you recall last episode, I talked about the amazing Chinese safari park that failed to let people know that leopards escaped for fucking weeks <laughs> because they didn't want it to hurt their numbers. Um, but we have our own, well, not exactly the same, but this is why people should not be allowed to have exotic fucking pets. Looking at you, Texas, as one of the uh, offenders here. Mm-hmm. Now, this happened in Houston. In Houston, you are not allowed to have them. <laughs> in that actual, like, city. But obviously in other places in Texas. I, I think actually you can if you have certain permits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So, missing missing Houston tiger is found unharmed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I first saw a story of it. They had not found it yet. This is a newer story because now they have found it. Okay. Um. So, here's the picture. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the tiger. Anyway. So... <laughs> Um, a tiger, I'll just read it as it is for you, and I will share, obviously, this is a New York Times article. Um, a tiger that was last seen wandering around a residential neighborhood in Houston last weekend has been found and appears to be unharmed, <laughs> the Houston police said on Saturday. The tiger, a nine-month-old Bengal named India, that was creative, was taken to an animal shelter on Sunday. Can you imagine working in an animal shelter and fucking tiger rolls in? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we have a cat rescue. Great. Oh, my oh gosh. shit. <laughs> um, and it will be brought to the Cleveland Armory Black Beauty Ranch in Murchison, I guess is how you say that. I just want to say it Murchison, like Murka. Anyway, Texas, the police said. We got him and he's healthy. <laughs> uh, Ronald Borza, a commander with the Houston Police Department, said in a video released by the department, which showed him petting the tiger as it drank from a bottle. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the tiger drew widespread attention after a video circulated online that showed it meandering through a West Houston neighborhood. There's just a fucking tiger walking around. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip ahead to, like, the original um, the original story here. Blah, 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 blah. In the, okay, so initially what happened was there were videos circulating of this tiger being out. Um, and it showed an off-duty sheriff's deputy who lives in the neighborhood where the tiger was fucking wandering around. <laughs> Um, draws his handgun when he sees it, and then this guy who was arrested, Mr. Cuevas, who apparently it's his wife's tiger, um, comes out. It's the it. wife's tiger? Yeah. Came out. That's what it said up. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so anyway. Seriously. 
he comes out to get to get the tiger and tells him not to like shoot it and then he kisses it and leaves inside but he was told to like you know stop because you can't have a fucking tiger in houston and he put it in i think a suv or something like that yeah he, so he loaded it into a white suv and drove off with it so so he was arrested mm. <laughs> um Anyway, apparently he turned himself in. Also, just this guy being a great person, he so he's out on bond for this tiger situation, and then the judge overthrew it and raised the bond. <laughs> he also was out on bond previously for a shooting that I think ended in death, and he was out on bond for that from back in, like, 2017 or something like that. So, real, yeah, 2017, there it is. Shooting of a man in 2017. Yes, he was charged with murder in 2017. <laughs> so just winners in Texas right there. These are the people who have tigers. <laughs> anyway, he does say that was self-defense. We don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it was. Mm-hmm. But anyway, obviously, judgment's not a good thing for this person. Yeah. Um, so this person has a gun and a tiger. Great. Anyway, so, yeah, so don't own a fucking tiger. Because then this tiger was, like, wandering around the neighborhood. Obviously, could pick off, it's a tiger, so, like, almost yeah. anything. It's only a nine-month-old, so it's not full, full-grown, but, like, any pet is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, small children. Um, and then, yeah, and they just wanted to, to keep this tiger. And it's like, no, this is why, this is why you can't have pets, pets like that. A, it's also not fair to the animal, mm-hmm. but like for this shit, because that's such a, a, a public health crisis of having a fucking tiger. And cool, this tiger was chill when they yeah. got it, but like, A, it's still young, so it's probably still attached to people. And it only takes the one time mm-hmm. of a tiger not being chill or just playing too rough to, you know, kill something or someone. Anyway, so yeah, so here you go. It is Texas, of course, with their ridiculous laws on exotic animals. Oh, and also Carol Baskin weighed in on this too. That was Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She was she was offering a reward for this tiger to bring it to a certified rescue. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that because I never watched that whole thing, but uh, I watched all of it except for the last episode, I think. But anyway, yeah. So I don't like anybody in it, honestly. No, they're probably all terrible, honestly. Um, I'm not really down with any of that shit, so. Yeah. But yeah, so but the good news is the tiger's okay, and he didn't kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but um, maybe don't do not do that. Yeah. And don't just have it in a fucking neighborhood. <laughs> and obviously you're not responsible enough for it to not get out. Yeah. I do know um, uh, lions, tigers, and bears, they're a rescue here in California. They commented on Tiger King. Mm-hmm. And they also commented on um, the politician that's running with a bear in his campaign. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think he's being investigated, too. Probably. Yeah, because I think he had a campaign in San Diego, and it's like, you're clearly not allowed to do that. <laughs> you don't do that. Also, you had to go get one because we killed one. Yeah, go for so. <laughs> You're running for governor of California. We don't have those here. So I know. I why like, are you running for governor of California? With take that shit over to Texas. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Go over in those states. But do that shit. Anyway, so oh, yeah. God. So Chinese zoos and Houstonian people. I don't know what Houston people are called. Houstonians? I, I think they're Houstonians. Houstonians. So anyway, obviously I'd be pissed if or I Or we can Houston. just call them Texans. Texans, yeah. <laughs> there are different parts of Texas, though. Austinites yeah. are very different than... Yes, I've met, I met them. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, so ugh, irresponsibility. But it was Casey's turn for our picks this week, and he decided to go weird and be like, "Yes, anything." It's wild card for the wild card. Wild month. card for a wild card month, and anything Which cool. Which eventually just became Beatles 2.0. Just Because <laughs> I was just like, this is such a broad topic, uh, and I'm like, some Beatles I want to talk about, I'm gonna want to talk about later. So I was just like, mm-hmm. hey, we're just gonna go Beatles because you had so many. <laughs> there's so many Beatles. We'll just do another one of those. 
because I had a runner-up for that. Yeah. Moment. So, first of all, Casey, tell us about your now beetle, <laughs> secondary beetle. Yes, so my choice was a species of ambrosia beetle. Okay. Yes, this is Australoplatypus incompertus. Okay, this platypus? Australoplatypus. That's fun. Australoplatypus, it sounds like it's in Australia. It is. And it hangs up with platypus. <laughs> It platypi. does not. I'm saying platypi because I don't like platypus. Platypuses. Platypus. Yes. So this beetle comes from family Curculionidae. Okay. Those are the true weevils and is the most diverse animal family on the planet. Okay. Currently, there are over 50,000 described species worldwide, and some estimates place that at over 80,000. Wow. And they are endemic to Australia, as I already noted. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, it is the only known species of eusocial beetle. What is it? Oh, that's the ones that do the whole, like, you have to raise my kids thing. Yes. Okay, And great. there's a queen and the cast. Yeah. Yes. So it's a species of beetle that behaves like ants. The article I found out about it in said behaves like bees. I don't like that because most bees are solitary. Okay. But that's a discussion for another day. Okay. Most bees that people associate with bees. Yeah. So these guys live in the heartwood of eucalyptus trees. Okay. It's the very hard center of the tree. Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is a species of wood-boring beetle that makes tunnels in the eucalyptus and forms horizontal networks of tunnels. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have these structures on their body called mycangium, which are used to carry symbiotic fungus. Okay, yeah. Yes. And the beetle helps to distribute these f- the spores of this fungus, which start to grow in their tunnels and feeds on the wood of the tree. Oh, okay. And then the fungus acts as a food source for the beetles. Oh, okay. And a female beetle will bore her way into the heartwood of a tree after mm-hmm. mating, and she will then lay her first brood, which takes about two to four years to reach maturity. Oh, wow. And these offspring are her daughters that will stay in the tunnels. They will not go out to go reproduce on their own, and they will form a worker cast that's job is just to maintain the tunnels and raise the offspring. Okay. And scientists have discovered that these galleries usually have one queen beetle with five workers and then 36 larvae. Wow, okay, that's not that yeah. big. <laughs> Keep in mind these are beetles, so they're larger and more that's complex right. than yeah. ants, so they're not going to have these giant colonies with right. hundreds. And resources are going to limit to how many they are can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these colonies have been found to be much more efficient as they have found that a single female can only support about three larvae. Hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And it is hypothesized that these beetles evolved from an ancestors in which fertile females cooperated as a group to raise their young. Okay. And in fact, another ambrosia beetle, whose scientific name is Trachocytus anaensis, lives in galleries as well, but these are maintained by multiple fertilized females. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it is likely that in the ancestor of this ambrosia beetle, there had to be an uncoupling of reproduction and maternal care, which means at some point there was going to be um, individuals that no longer reproduce, but Mm -hmm. still provided maternal care to the larvae. And once you get to that point of evolution, that leads to a fixed caste system in the insect. Mm. And that is what they call the point of no return when it comes to eusocial insects. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, that is the ambrosia beetle. All right. Well... I had sort of made reference to mine last time we talked about beetles. And mine is the rhinoceros beetle, 
who is still kind of a looks thing because they look cool, but mm-hmm. like they're not just like pretty. So anyway, um, they're punk beetles. They are punk beetles. <laughs> um, so their scientific name, at least for this one, is the uh, Xyloterpes Socrates. That's what we're going with. Yep. <laughs> um, they belong to the family Scarabidae, which is all the scarab beetles. Mm-hmm. They have I don't know what that means. Twenty-eight thousand something worldwide species. Cool. SPP means species. I'm not a biology major. I don't, <laughs> why would I assume that? Like SPS, maybe. <laughs> okay, we can take that again. There are twenty-eight thousand species worldwide. They believe of these scarab beetles. Um, they belong to the subfamily. <laughs> yes, Dynastinae. Yes. I love that rhinoceros beetles. There are over 1,500 species worldwide of those guys, uh, native to regions in Southeast Asia. Lifespan's about two years. They get their name from the horn-like ornamentation on the male's head. They are herbivores. Oh, I said herbivores. Herb. Herb. <laughs> herbivores. Um, and adults feed on fruit, nectar, and sap. Yummy. Larvae feed on decaying plant matter. They display sexual dimorphism. Males are larger and have complex ornamentation, uh, orientation, sorry, to the females. Is it supposed to be orientation? Compared. Oh, compared. Okay. I need the old people font. Try this again. <laughs> they display sexual my. Oh my god, dimorphism? <laughs> they display sexual dimorphism. <laughs> Males are larger and have complex orientation to the females. Males will use their horns to drive off and even flip over other males away from females that they are competing to mate with. So that's right. It's sort of like the bug version of elk fighting. Yep. Um, anyway, so these beetles are used for beetle fighting. Oh my God. Which is, is a traditional form of entertainment in parts of Thailand. People in the audience will place bets on the insects in a fight. When they feel distressed, they will produce a hissing sound, which is made by rubbing its abdomen and elytra? Yes. Yay, wing covers together. Rhinoceros beetles are the second strongest animals on the planet, with some species capable of lifting 850 times their weight. Did we say how much they weighed? We didn't say how much they weighed. They're a few grams. Like a few grams, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a lot, but like for their weight, that's pretty impressive. Um, can you imagine if an it's elephant... It's 850 times their weight. Do you imagine if an elephant could do that? That'd be terrifying. <laughs> it could, like, lift, like, continents. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not continents, but still, something very, very large. Um, yeah, so they're super cool, and I'm sad that they do beetle fighting. I don't know, do they really injure each other, or do they just flip each other over? You're it's stressing them out, though. Yeah, like, the rules are if it, like, one of the beetles walks away, <laughs> or one gets flipped over or falls off the wood. But yeah, it's an old tradition. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I'm not super against if they don't get hurt, but you're still yeah. stressing them out, so mm-hmm. it's not great. But anyway, yeah. they're super cool looking. It's more passive than, like, yeah. beetle or, uh, not beetle, beta like or cockroach. a yeah. dog Fighting or cockfighting. <laughs> anyway. I just like, that beetle's like, eh, fuck this. Yeah. I want to have one as a pet. <laughs> they're pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. The largest beetle species is also a rhinoceros beetle. It's the Hercules beetle, but they have a different horn ornamentation. It looks kind of like a long sickle kind of shape. That's weird. Yes. Anyway. But they kind of cheat because most of that size is just their horn. 
<laughs> I think Goliath beetle are the biggest by weight. I don't know the species name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, those are our, our picks, which were just beetles 2.0. So there yes. we go. Oh my gosh, Katie, we chose four. Katie? <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Casey, we chose four beetles. You know what yes. that means? There were four beetles. Yeah. <laughs> just four beetles? Oh my gosh. <laughs> So okay. which one is Ringo, which one is Paul, which one is John? Ooh, who's the Ringo? I feel like the rhinoceros beetle is the Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> They're the one who flip people over. <laughs> True. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the funny thing is, every time I like would write notes and stated the beetle, it would try to change it to B-E-A-T-L-E. Yeah, uh-huh, because I'm more popular. I don't know who is. Who, who are the other ones? Who's the George? Who's the... <laughs> But who's like pretty one's probably going to be either Lennon or McCartney because yeah. they're the more famous ones. Sorry, George. Maybe it was the Ambrosia beetle. I don't know. What was your first one? Oh, the tiger one. Yeah, yeah tiger beetle. Yeah. I'm going to say that's probably Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Beetle's probably Paul. Clearly, Rhino Beetle is <laughs> And the Ambrosia beetle is George. There we go. Oh my gosh. Now we should get pictures of all of them and put the beetles together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure that'd be beetle approved, for sure. Uh, anyway. <laughs> all right, that brings us to our animal of the week. Yes, it does. And our animal of the week this week is... The fairy fly. The fairy fly, which I know nothing about, so that's fun. Yes. Tell us about them, Casey. Yes, so these guys come for the order Hymenoptera. That's like the butterflies, isn't it? No, it is not. That's <laughs> Lepidoptera. Goddamn. Hymenoptera is bees, ants, and wasps. Okay. And um, what are they? There's one more. Dragon? Sawflies. Oh, so, okay, sure. Okay, anyway, continuing on. Yes. They're from the family Myridae. Okay. And the species name is Dicopomorpha echemeptris. Yeah, is... that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And these... Are fellow Americans. <laughs> Yay! Are, constituents. Yes, they're found across the eastern North America. Okay. And their lifespan's about a week. Oh, that's rough. Yes. And they are sexually dimorphic. All right. The fe- And they're very tiny. <laughs> okay. The females are about 550 micrometers. What's a micrometer? Smaller than a millimeter? Yes. How many micrometers are in a millimeter? Micrometers, there's about a thousand. A thousand micrometers in a millimeter? Yeah. Then we can, like, can't see them. Yep. They're, it's like, the females are like half a millimeter. What the fuck? <laughs> you can barely see that. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, what's this little speck of sand? Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. And the males yeah. are the smallest insect on the planet. Okay. They're 139 micrometers. Okay, how does that compare to the water bear? It's smaller. It's on the water bear? Yes. Holy shit. What the fuck? Who's smaller than that? Um, Some single cell thing? The, the single cell jelly I talk, jellyfish relative what? I mentioned earlier Antic is... Thing? No. Um, Different one. Okay. The single cell organism that oh, we now know as an animal. Okay. Okay. That is the smallest animal on the planet. Oh my god. Okay. But yeah. Just to put that in perspective, these guys are smaller than some single cells paramecium and amoebas. They are absolutely tiny. How do they not get crushed all the time? I don't know. The <laughs> same reason. It's like, because you have to think, it's not our like shoes and our fingers and everything else that looks like a, just a 
smooth surface. They're very rough textures, so there's a it's like a little forest on our skins and stuff. So there's a lot of space actually. Okay. Yeah. So the name is a misnomer, as they are neither fairies nor flies. <laughs> I thought they were really fairies. <laughs> Fairies are real. Like my fairy penguin. Anyway, yes. continue. They're actually a species of wasp. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Why do you hate wasps? I'm just like, are they parasitic again? So as I mentioned, these guys are sexually dimorphic. Yes. And it goes into more than just size. Okay. As males are apterous, which means they have no wings. That sucks for them. Yes. They're so small, how do they travel <laughs> anywhere? They're also blind. Oh my gosh. But they do have relatively long legs that help them attach to the female. Okay. They also have no mouths. How do they do anything? (laughs) Very simply. Okay. Yes, many scientists actually think the male of this species is about as small as an insect can get. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they have some extreme adaptations for being so small. Okay. Biggest thing is simplification. Because the antennae and legs are shorter in proportion to their body than most other insects and have fewer segments. Okay. And they have a very simple circulatory and respiratory system. I guess so, for yeah. not eating anything. <laughs> yes. So most insects have what's called an open circulatory system, which means they have a heart and a main vessel, and then the hemolymph, which is comparable to our blood, mm-hmm. basically goes out into the body cavity, soaks in the tissues and organs, and that's how they exchange nutrients. Okay. And then most insects have uh, also have an open respiratory system, which is composed of these things called trachea, which is basically a bunch of holes that get diverge into smaller holes in these tubes, mm-hmm. and that's how oxygen gets delivered different parts of the body. Okay, yeah. These guys do not do that. Of course they don't. No. Most fairy flies, actually, a lot of the very small species, don't have hearts or blood vessels at all. They get all their oxygen and nutrients by simple diffusion, which is just the passive movement of particles across cells. Well, it'd be great if we could all do it that way. Yes, but we have too many cell layers, so it's impossible. (laughs) All right. The females do have eyes. Okay. But they are so small, they are barely capable of absorbing light. Wow. Yes, yeah, so their eyesight is shit poor mm-hmm. and probably can't form images and is most likely just good at detecting light and dark. Okay. And so they are much more reliant on using chemoreception to okay. navigate. And the wings are very different from other hymenopterans. If you wanted an idea, think of a bee wings. That's how most other... Hymenopteran wings are like. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys have wings that are shaped like oars. So like, they're skinny and then like? Yeah. Weird. And okay. then have these hair-like projections on the side of their wings. Why? It's thought that this is to reduce weight because that way, first off, when you're that small, the air acts thicker so it's easier to get lift. And then the hair-like projections increase surface area that mm. provides more contact so it acts as if you have a bigger wing to move you through the air okay mm-hmm. also the breeze helps <laughs> simple gusts of wind <laughs> kind of move them along there's actually some fairy fly species where both males and females are wingless and they just they live in windy environments are just no, blown I... away by the wind <laughs> oh my god yes 
Yes. And they also have simpler and smaller cells. Okay. These guys have much less cytoplasm to make their cells as small as possible. What does cytoplasm remind me of that? Cytoplasm is the liquid gooey stuff that all the organelles in the cell float in. Yes. And their DNA is also very tightly packed into their nucleus to make it so their nucleus is smaller as possible, to which allows the cell to be as small as possible. And one of the coolest adaptations has to regard to their nervous system because they've had to really simplify it Mm -hmm. because they only have about 7,400 neurons in their entire nervous system. How much do we have? Billions. Oh, okay. (laughs) For a comparison, Drosophila, which are fruit flies, Mm -hmm. have about 100,000 neurons. And honeybees have 960,000 neurons. Wow. How many do these have again? 7,400. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Yes. So the neurons have, now, just some basic biology. Um, Neurons have these extensions that allow them to send electrical signals. Mm -hmm. And these extensions are called axons. The axons in these are as narrow as physically possible to reliably send signals. Okay. But even with that and having less cytoplasm... It's not, those alone are not enough to make these nervous systems as small as possible. Okay. So what happens is when they're in their pupa and before they reach maturity, what the nerve cells do is they eject their nucleus from their cells. Oh, shit. Yes. How long do they live after this? They can, so because of that, they are completely reliant because without your nucleus, you can't synthesize proteins. Yeah. So they're completely reliant on the proteins they made from when they were larvae. Uh, Which is why their lifespan's only about a week. That makes sense. And now on to reproduction. They just have to hope they bump into each other. It it's interesting to say the least. Okay. So, one thing about eggs is that they need yolk in order to facilitate development of the embryo. Mm-hmm. That's something you just can't get around. Mm-hmm. So. And the problem with the smaller you get, the bigger their egg will be in proportion to your body. Okay. For example, the smallest beetle in the world, scientific name is Sketocella mm-hmm. musoelensis, their eggs are about half the size of an adult beetle. Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> but the fairy flies still have very small eggs, so they have evolved a very unique way of reproduction to get away from this. They are parasitoids, as you thought. Of course they are. Because they're fucking lost. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And just a quick reminder of parasite. It's compared to parasitoid, a parasite can live in its host and not kill it. Uh-huh. A parasitoid will kill its host. Okay. Yeah. And so these guys, their host is the, the scaly wing bark louse, whose scientific name is Ecmepteryx hagenii. And they will lay their eggs inside of their eggs. Oh. Yes, so the offspring of the fairy flies mm-hmm. feeds off of the yolk from the wow. host egg mm-hmm. and then will eat the embryo as it's developing. Lovely. Yes. And here's where the reproduction gets weirder. Because usually when they parasitize an egg, it will contain one female and up from one to three males. Oh. And they can control this. Because hymenopterans have what's called haplodiploid sex determination. Yep, that's a thing. So basically, we are humans, we're diploid. We have two sets of mm-hmm. chromosomes. Hymenopterans 
The females are diploid, have two sets. Mm -hmm. The males are haploid. So all the males are just results of unfertilized eggs. Okay. Yeah. So they this allows the females to control whether they will produce daughters or sons. That's so weird. Yes. So they will lay at least two mm -hmm. in one egg, a male and a female. The Most of the nutrients will go to the female because she's so much larger. Mm -hmm. And she will be the one. She actually does have a mouth, so she will dig her way out once they both reach maturity. Mm -hmm. And then the male will follow along. And then mates with his sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this species primarily reproduces through uh, brother-sister. Yes. God. It is not very common for them to mate outside of this manner. You know how to pick them, Casey. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this, the female has about a week to go off and... Find some eggs to parasitize. Or a louse thing to yes. lay her eggs in. And then the life cycle continues. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I am. I'm not a fan. Is that it for these things? Yes, it is. So I just want to point out that in true <laughs> Casey fashion, not only did he manage to get a fucking parasitic wasp in, but creepy sex <laughs> in a different way. It's in a different way, creepy sex. You basically hit on all the things that creep me out. Parasitic wasps. Mm -hmm. Sorry, these are parasitic parasitoid wasps. Yes. Okay. And then creepy sex. Yes. Creepy animal sex. And a whole bunch of weird biology. That, that's true. That too. This is all, this is so Casey. And I tried to make the last episode so cute. <laughs> anyway. It's going to happen. I'm going to make uh. you do a really cute episode. All right. Well, um, Casey... We talked about a lot of insects today. Yes, we? we did. We sure did. And um, you know what, Casey? You you want to hear my insect puns? No, but I have to. They're unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Let's just hope they don't fly over your head. Do they bug you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> you know, so much. It's so great. Anyway... But that brings us to the challenge, Casey. Alrighty. And I have created, now I don't feel bad because I thought I made this kind of difficult and then your thing last time was really <laughs> difficult. So whatever. Also, I realize you literally got one of the answers in this episode. So <laughs> you better get that one right. Uh, I probably forgot All it. Right, let's see. Um, there are 21 questions and uh, but 24 points possible because there's some bonus. All right. There. So if you get zero to nine, were you even listening? Probably not. Okay. 10 to 14, you're a novice. 15 to 19, not too shabby. And 20 to 24, you were an addicts, try again. You were an Animal Addicts Academy graduate. Oh my gosh. All right. So uh, 21 questions, we'll do 10 minutes, right? That sounds about yep. right. That's, we probably won't need that all that time. All right. Let me know when you're ready. I is ready. Ready. And here we go. Number one, which of these was not a dog breed we covered? Great Pyrenees, Leonberger, Keysound, or Skipper Key? Keysound. Correct. Pal, the dog, don't be looking over here. I can't read that anyway. <laughs> Pal, the dog who played Lassie, made more money than his co-star, who would go on to be one of the most famous movie stars of her time. Who was she? Oh, God. Oh, I don't remember now. Pass. <laughs> okay. 
What was the name of the hero rat who was awarded the PDSA gold medal for detecting landmines? Oh Cambodia? my gosh, this is That's old. <laughs> Skipper? <laughs> okay, no, we'll come back to the right answers later. <laughs> All right. Which, you better know this one, which Disney nature documentary, documentaries earned the rating of not safe? <laughs> not safe. Yes, not that safe. That would be Crimson Wing. Mm -hmm. Crimson Wing. Born in China. Mm -hmm. Third one. Big cats. African cats. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay, of the breeds I covered, two were not dogs. What were they? That was Dutch Lop. Oh, wait. <laughs> yes and no. Wait, was it Netherlands Lop? <laughs> Trying a different word. It's also the same place. Netherlands, Dutch. What? Same place. Okay, move on to the next one. We'll just. Okay, we'll like and the other one, one was. Wasn't it Abyssinian? <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, this isn't it, sorry. What endangered animals received experimental COVID vaccines before most Americans were vaccinated? Black-footed ferret. Good job. Here we go, Casey. This is my meniscus <laughs> question. <laughs> Better get it. This dog was designated as Republic of Korea Preservation of Cultural Assets Act number 53 in 1962. I will never know this. This is our question. Skipper key? <laughs> Amazing. We both delivered as, as per usual. All right. What kind of animal was found on Kangaroo Island after fears it had been wiped out by the Australian bushfires of 2020? That was a species of glider. <laughs> what? Is that your no or just a... That's a no and I'm stretching. Uh, it wasn't a glider. What was it? On Kangaroo Island. Mm -hmm. Thought to be wiped out. This is an older one. Oh my goodness. Oh wait, no. I could have sworn it was a glider. What the hell? I'll pass. Okay. Four of our animals of the week have been birds. What are they? First one was cock of the rock. Yep. Four of them have mm -hmm. been. Animals of the week. Mm -hmm. hmm. I know. I'm going to go through all 43 now. <laughs> well, you know it's not the fairy flies. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. That has to be way back. Were these all during last um, year? Um, Two of them aren't that far back, but, yeah, the first two are pretty far back. <sighs> Cock of the Rock was definitely one. Mm -hmm. I love that we can always get our South American ones. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no issues. Oh, Rock Charm again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then that the two recent ones. At least more recent. But they, we did them this year? Yeah, it was in the season. Yeah. I wouldn't keep it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was probably 2021. I think. Yeah, uh, these were 2021. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Wandering Albatross? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. What was... Oh, wait. Wasn't... No, it wasn't a penguin. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. Why can't I think? Kiwi. 
think it was the same episode, but that's not the one. Oh. <laughs> anyway. All right. No, Takahi. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Two of our examples are like, we have many flying things to talk about. No, we don't. Anyway, two of our animals of the week have another animal in their name. What are they? Also, clarification, being called a maned wolf if you're not actually a wolf does not count. <laughs> they actually have a totally different animal in their name. And they're so not they it. it. No. The oh, wait. That's not it. No. They have another animal in their name. Mm-hmm. How many questions have I left? Uh, like uh, 10. Okay. Crap. Oh, my goodness. Can I come back to it later? <laughs> Hold on. Two of them. One was very recent. Very recent. There's a hint. Water bear? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mantis shrimp. Yeah. Because I'm saying not being an actual shrimp does not count. A oh. mantis. Well, I guess a praying mantis. That's pushing it. I'm not going <laughs> to count that. Okay. There are three. Okay. So, sort of. All right. Of my terrestrial mammal picks, who was the largest by weight? By weight. Mm-hmm. Your largest? I think they're also just the largest of all the ones I picked by everything. <laughs> by whole measurements. I believe that's a cetacean. It's not? Oh, it's terrestrial. Oh, terrestrial. Oh, terrestrial. Yeah. Has to be a mammal. Mm-hmm. It's old. Oh, it's old. Hmm. I'm going to say Okabe, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Close. Ah! <laughs> All right. Two of our animals of the week are super fierce despite their size. One is the deadliest of its kind in Africa, and the other will chase off predators up to 10 times their weight, including bears. What are they? Wolverine mm-hmm. and black footed cat. There you go. All right. Of your terrestrial mammal, terrestrial mammal picks, who is the smallest by weight? Smallest by weight? My pick for terrestrial mammal. Yeah. Yep. I believe that's snake and mole rat. You didn't choose that. I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> what category was that? Was that rodent or just African mammal? That was the weirdest thing this we've seen. Oh. Uh, was the naked mole rat. I don't remember what you chose. Mm, terrestrial mammal. This was last year, I I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, that's going to be old then. Yeah, it was. Hmm. You probably should have done more than 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Smallest terrestrial mammal. Oh, wait. This was a bat. Mm-hmm. Hammer, no, great horn bat. Uh, I can't remember what species was it. Like All right. Only one amphibian made it as an animal of the week. What was it? Golden mantella. Good job. Uh, three of our pick categories were mammal specific, i.e. American mammal. Mm-hmm. What were they? Bonus, what were the choices? What were the... What were the the three... Categories yeah, or... Yeah, were mammal specific. So it was like American Oof. mammal. Obviously American mammal wasn't one of them, but there were three places. One of them was marine mammal. Was 
it was mammal specific, so it was like blank mammal. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. I think we're gonna give you an extra five minutes. Okay. We're not even close. Australian. Yes, that's one. Mammal was one of them. Uh huh. Uh huh. One you should be able to think of because you jerry rigged it so you can get your animal. (laughs) I know I did that, but I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Oh wait, that was African mammal. Oh wait. Did I not Jerry rig that one? No. Oh, that was my choice anyway. Uh, Go ahead and hit it for five minutes when this is over. Okay. Oh my gosh. I Australian mammal was one yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Asian mammal one of them? Somewhere in there. Uh, oh wait, no. That was Sri Lankan or Indian mammal? Make a choice. Believe of Sri Lankan. There we go. Okay. It's two. Oh, wait. We did. A... You also gave me shit for this. It was my choice. Yeah, it was California mammal. No. Or. Since <laughs> we're California natives. California natives. We just both picked mammals. I yeah, we did. No, I was a bird. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Uh, da 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 da. I gave you shit for this. You did. You were like, it had to be specifically this. A mammal. It was early. Oh my gosh. Early, like. I'm just going to say African because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> moving along. Don't even want to try to take a choice at what the choices were, right? Mm-mm. All right, moving on. All right. Which of our marine animals of the week is the smallest? Marine animals of the week, that's the smallest. Mm-hmm. That would have been the blue dragon. Correct. All right. Which category of our picks were the largest by weight with both of our choices well over 2,000 pounds? Both of our choices this well over 2,000 Any of our picks. Oh, any? Mm-hmm. Our two heaviest picks? Yeah, we both. It's a heavy category to begin with, honestly, but like both of our picks were at least Oh, wait, it was more. whales. What kind? Baleen whales. Really? What? We've never done baleen whales. Huh? We've never chosen baleen whales. Oh, wait, Moving what? Moving on. I would think you'd get that since your favorite's in it. But okay. Oh, now I know. It All right. Too- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do know Six it. Six of our animals of the week were reptiles. What were they? Green anaconda. Uh-huh. Um, Tuatara. Yeah. You said six? Six. Gariel. Mm-hmm. Um... Pretty sure none of those are recent. Oh, leatherback sea turtle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two more. This had to have been last year. I can't remember any recent ones. Yeah, they were the other last two were both last year. Hmm. One we literally talked about last episode. We did. Mm-hmm. Oh crap! I have a horrible memory. <laughs> It was also literally a challenge, a question in your challenge for me. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Heal a monster. Yeah. One more. One more. Let me think. Uh, Shelter Pusik. Yay. All right. I mean, I kind of gave you hints, but we'll take it. All right. This is kind of a trick question, sort of, kind of, but you sort of know this. Which of our animals of the week is the only one I have seen in person in the wild? In the wild. Yes. Oh, God. 
has to be North American. Mm-hmm. Oh, pronghorn. Yep, there you go. All right, very few of our 43 picks categories were not species-specific. How many were not? Bonus, what were they? Bonus, bonus, what were the choices? <laughs> okay, how many were not, spe- not species-specific? So it wasn't exactly an animal. I want to say six. Do you want to try to guess what they were for the bonus bonus? <laughs> what they were? Like yeah. both of our picks or the categories? Both of the category. Okay. Oh, I'm not going to get that. Okay. All right. And then how many animals were part of our cups challenge that we barely got through in one season? I want to say 40. <laughs> Nope. It's much less. It's much more. Oh, much more? Oh, God. I <laughs> thought, right. thank well, goodness we're not it. that bad. That's it. Um, I didn't write down what you got wrong, but we'll just go as we go, and it's pretty rough, man. All right, here we go. Back to the top. Do we have any implement to mark what you got right? Cool. All right. You got the first one right. Yes, I you did. Key sound. All right. Key sound is the only one we have not covered. Spoiler alert, we will cover that at some point. All right. Pal the dog, who played Lassie, made more money than his co-star, who would go on to be one of the most famous movie stars of her time. Who was she? Elizabeth Taylor. Ah. All right. I'm an uncultured swine. I guess. All right. What was the name of the hero rat who was awarded the PDSA gold medal for detecting landmines in Cambodia? Magawa. He's Ma- an African. Oh, I was never going to get yeah, that. African giant pouched rats. And also the PDSA stands for the People's Dispensary of Sick Animals. It's a charity in the UK. So it's weird. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, you got the nature documentaries. It took a while, but you got them. Yeah. <laughs> Those are not safe. African cats, African cats born in China in Crimson Wing. Um, of the breeds I covered, two were not dogs. What were they? Abyssinian is a cat. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Holland Lop. Holland is a bunny. Lop. Yes. I have family from Holland, dude. So do I. Dutch. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. What endangered animals received experimental COVID vaccines? You got that. The black-footed ferrets. Here we go. This is your kryptonite. This dog was designated as Republic of Korea Preservation of Cultural Assets Act number 53 in 1962. Just associate this dog with Korea. It's the Jindo. The Jin. Yes. I need to remember two syllables. All right. So what kind of animal was found on Kangaroo Island after fears it had been wiped out by the Australian bushfires of 2020? That's the pygmy possum. They're teeny tiny uh, little adorable possums. All right. Um, you got it after the fact, but four of our animals of the week have been birds. What were they? Cock of the Rock, Rock Ptarmigan, South Island Takahi, and the Wandering Albatross. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of our animals of the week have another animal in their name. What are they? Now I remember. Not counting the, man- the tiger quoll. Mm-hmm. Tiger quoll and the water bear. Of my terrestrial mammal picks, who was the largest by weight? If I had given you more hints, it would have been too obvious. We actually went with the first one. It's the giant eland. Yeah. At 2,200 pounds. Two of our animals of the week. You got those. I don't even have to go after that. <laughs> uh, wolverines just, they chase off bears. So there you go. It's crazy. Um, of our, you sort of got it. Of your terrestrial mammal picks, who was the smallest by weight? The Mediterranean horseshoe bat yeah. was your bat. Um, only one amphibian. You got that. That was the golden mantella. Three of our pick categories were mammal specific, i.e. American mammal. What were they? Bonus. What were the choices? It was Greenland mammal, uh, Sri Lankan mammal that you rigged, and Australian mammal. Greenland was the musk ox and the Arctic fox, Sri Lankan leopard and fishing cat for Sri Lanka, 
and the short beat, short beat echidna and sugar glider for the Australian, which was probably one of our cutest episodes ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 16. Which of our marine animals of the week is the smallest? Correct. The blue dragon at three centimeters. Compare that to the colossal squid at th three, <laughs> 500 kilograms or 1,102 pounds and 14 meters long. Craziness. Yeah. Big difference. What category of our picks? Both mollusks. There you go. Uh, yeah. What category of our picks was the largest by weight with both our choices well over 2,000 pounds? The favorite tooth whale, the orca, dude. <laughs> that is... The orca up to 12,000 pounds and the beluga whale up to 3,000 Yeah, pounds. I remember what now. All right. Six of our I was singing back to when we were talking about whale watching. Yeah. Uh, Six of our animals of the week. Uh, reptiles, what were they? The green anaconda, gila monster, leatherback sea turtle, shatapusik, and gariel, and tuatara. Which of our animals of the week is the only one I have seen in person in the wild? Correct. Pronghorn. Also, looking at that, it'd be very hard to see most of those in the wild. Um, I don't think I'd want to, actually. All right. Very few of our 43 pick categories were not species-specific. How many were there? Bonus. What were they? Bonus. Bonus. What were the choices? There are four. I was so close. 43 episodes. We did four. That were they not species-specific. Oh, lordy. experience with wildlife. Mm. Uh, the favorite Asia-accredited aquarium our favorite AZA accredited zoo, and our favorite live-action animal-based movie. And those uh, choices were whale-watching for both of us, <laughs> and then for Experience of the Wildlife, uh, AZA accredited aquarium was Georgia, aquarium for you, and Monterey Bay for me. Accredited zoo was I'll the... I'll be going there in June. July. Jealous. <laughs> um, Monterey or the... Monterey. Okay. Um, the favorite AZA accredited zoo was the Henry Dorley, I believe, for you, and mine was the Wild Animal Park. And favorite live action based animal movies, animal based <laughs> movies, try it again, Two Brothers and Homeward Bound. Yeah. And then how many, um, how many animals were part of our cups challenge that we barely got through in one season? 86. Eight. Oh, wow. This is twice the amount of episodes we had. <laughs> I thought it would be easier. Anyway, I didn't really look at how many you got. I'm pretty sure you're in, I think you made it past where you even listening, but I think you're in the novice category. Whoop, whoop. Okay, okay, I don't check that. You got that one right. You definitely did not get that one right. Did not get that. Got that. Um, um that's like half a point. <laughs> definitely did not. Oh wait, I'm doing what you got right. <laughs> okay, got that one right. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. Oh no, this is not going well. There we go. It's like my midterm. Okay, so there's your. The, you have two half points. Oh my god. <laughs> You're too happy, so now you have a point. All right, you got that one. Uh, nope. <laughs> yes. Uh, nope. You got that eventually. You got that one. No, and no. Yeah. That's math. It's nine. Oh, dude, I think you were even listening. <laughs> and that's half points, man. <laughs> oh, it's sad. I think my description is okay. Fine, we'll give you 10 minutes. <laughs> um, I don't really count that because I wouldn't call a mantis just a mantis. I do. Praying mantis is definitely part of the name. I mean, I guess flower mantis. So maybe. All right, fine. Mm. Either way, you didn't get the tiger bowl, so. <laughs> All right, well, that is that. Um, so, at least I did terrible on your final challenge. <laughs> and you did terrible on my final challenge. So, clearly, we're very good at listening to the podcast. Um, but that wraps up season one, folks. We have uh, new stuff hopefully coming in season two. Things we're working on. And, of course, 
so many more animals. We're back in South America next, which mm-hmm. is just like a plethora of awesome animals. Why didn't I say a plethora of animals instead yeah. of a pack? Whatever. Yeah. It's still fun. You done goofed. <laughs> we talked about wolves, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, why I done goofed is making me laugh so much. But it is. I done goof a lot. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, um, yeah, we talked about a lot of things this season, man. We learned terms like frugivores and things I'm never going to remember. <laughs> and oviviparous. Say that's all I want you to consistently remember. Overpilot first. Don't ask me to do the other three again. I'm going to chew again. Um, yeah, and, and we learned, uh, we just learned that jellyfish don't have brains. There's so many things that we learned. What did you learn, Casey? Did you learn some dog mm. stuff? You know that the Great Pyrenees tried to do Yes. <laughs> Great Pyrenees watch our people, watchers. <laughs> Sit on a mountain with nothing to do, but look at sheep. <laughs> Yeah, I learned that AKC is even kookier than I originally thought. Yeah. Oh, also I should specify, because I don't think I ever clarified for the rabbits, ARBA is the American Rabbits Breeder Association. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, that brings Can they us- give me a bun bun? A bun bun? <laughs> I want a bun bun. Probably don't go through them. Just go to the rescue. <laughs> I know. I want a bun bun too. I saw a bun bun at the safari park the other day. Well, there's a lot of wild bun buns there. <laughs> yes, but it was in the lion's pen. Oh, that's like in the trench sure. area. Oh, okay. Like, Down where they can't get to yes, it. Yes, <laughs> Anyway, that brings us to the end of episode 43 and season one. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we'll catch you on the new season. Look out for it. <laughs>